Yo, so there ain't no calming down, people, because it's Friday and your last chin check of the week. Yes, people, my voice is fucked up, but still here, still putting shit out. So, as we do, Friday is for the news. So, um, yeah, we're covering some of the big things that have been going down. There's some boxing shit that's been intriguing. So we talk about that. We also talk about, yo, the Contender Series is back, people. So we do our usual thing, too. NFL predictions, our look at the weigh-ins. It is all there. So people, buckle up. And get ready yeah. Here we go Okay people So week 9 Of uh, 17 Yo We got some matches people So Jacksonville They go up against the Texans And um Yeah both are one and six. You know what I mean? Both are one and six. And uh not being yeah, not really been great. Not been great. Now, the Texans did beat the Jaguars in their previous meeting. Right? Um which was the eleventh of October. So, the Jags will want to get that one back for sure. You know what I mean? They definitely want to get that back. Um, Neither had a great one last week. I mean, fuck. I'd say probably the Texans do win again. You know what I mean? It, Yeah. The Texans just do it again. Okay, so um, we then have the Colts at the Ravens. I I probably will say the Ravens for that one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think Baltimore are the stronger of the two. Um, Minnesota against Detroit. Uh, I think I want to go Lions, you know? Uh, yeah, I think I want to go Lions. I mean, uh, yeah, I know Vikings won last week, but uh, it is a tough one, right? It's definitely, I mean, Vikings have definitely had some close calls. Definitely some close calls for sure. Um, I mean, so have the Lions, though. Right? They've, they've definitely... Both teams have been in some close situations. And there's also had a couple of blowouts either way. But yeah, fuck it. I think I'm going to say the Lions. Um, we then have... Tennessee Titans against Chicago Bears. Hmm. Titans are five and two. 
Chicago are five and three. So, um, yeah, Be- Be- Bengals fucked up Tennessee last week. You know? And, yeah, I mean, they, the real one was when they, they took it to Texas, right? That was their real big game of late. They did fuck up the Bills, you know? I'd say the Steelers was a bit closer than it actually was. Hmm. And the Bears are coming off a loss. Well, they're coming off a couple of losses. Okay, right. I think Tennessee. Yeah, we're going Tennessee for this one. Um, hey, the Chiefs, Panthers. There's, there's not really a conversation here. It's the Chiefs. Chiefs are winning that shit. Uh, the Bills, Seahawks. Hmm. That is. Like Buffalo of six and two, Seattle of six and one. Alright, so um Yeah, Buffalo, I mean they just beat the Patriots. You know, in a game which they they I mean that had no business being that close. I mean it really had no business being that close. That Bills can real be a bit of a mess, man. Um, and, yeah, Seahawks are coming off a mauling of the 49ers. Arr, I think we're going um, Seattle. Yeah. I think Seattle will take that game. Um, so, Falcons-Broncos. Oh... Atlanta is two and six. Denver three and four. Hmm. So Falcons, you know, they beat Carolina last week. Real close against Detroit the week before that. And then they fucked up the Vikings. Now Broncos. Yeah, they pulled out a tight game against the Chargers. They got fucked up by the Chiefs. I, it's, man, we got so many toss-ups. I'm going Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to say Falcons with that one. This one. Oh, my days. This Los Angeles Chargers against Las Vegas Raiders. Hey, look, Chargers are two and five, right? Raiders are four and three. I do think, and I have said it over and over again, the Chargers are way better than their friggin', you know what I mean? Yeah, the results give. So I'm going to say Chargers. Taking Chargers, people. You know? Uh, So, Carolina, not Carolina. Arizona, I don't know how I mix that up, people, against Miami, okay, I think I'm going Cardinals here, yeah, I'm going Cardinals, um, ah, fuck, Dallas, 
Pittsburgh? No. There's no conversation. It's Pittsburgh all day. Fuck that noise. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, okay, Washington, New York Giants. And, you know, I'm always picking my team. And, um, yeah, I do even believe that we will win it. So, Washington for the win, people. And then we move to Monday night. So, we got Tampa Bay Buccaneers against New Orleans Saints. So, Tampa is 6-2. and two. New Orleans, uh, five and two. Um, yeah, Saints just scraped by the the Bears last week. Same the the week before with a win over Carolina, and the Chargers the week before that. I mean, they've had some real fucking close games. Now Tampa. They, uh, yeah, they're coming off a win against the Giants. I mean, that was a close one, for real. But they mauled the Raiders the week before. And then the same with um, the Packers. So, hmm, think I'm buccaneering it, man. And I definitely feel that they have hit a stride, you know? So, Tuesday... Oh my days, we've got the O and H Jets against the two and five Patriots. Now, like neither have been spectacular, and the Patriots have kind of imploded in the last few weeks, but I don't know. I kind of want to see the Jets carry on on you know, winless. Because, yeah, I'm kind of nasty like that. Fuck it. I don't like the Jets. Fuck the Jets. So, um, you know, I'm putting my faith in the shit show that the New, Orleans, <laughs> New England Patriots have been lately. So, yeah, let's see if they can continue the Jets' misery on Tuesday. So... My picks for the week. Ooh, I would say Chargers Raiders. Chargers Raiders for sure. Um, Buccaneers Saints. That's gonna be a good one. Um. Hmm. I think the the Colts Ravens. I think that would be good. I think they're our choice picks of the week. You know? I would say those those three games. But there you got it, people. There are the week nine predictions. Okay, people. So, now the UFC is back in Vegas. It meant. The Contender Series is back. Yes. But this week, it took place on a Wednesday. 
That's why we didn't talk about it in Wednesday's episode, people. Um, you know, and the other thing is usually we have five fights. This week we had four. Um, but oh my days, we had four very impactful fights. Oh my gosh. So we started off in the heavyweight division. So we had um, Harry Hunsucker, who came in on four days' notice, I believe. And um, he replaced Oscar Ivan Cotter, who had to withdraw. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we had him fight Jared Vandenera, who... Um, he fights out of Dan Henderson's uh, gym, you know, part of Team Quest and all of that. So, right, now they both talked a good game coming in and all of that. What we saw, though, Hansucker came out. He came out wanting to do business. Like, he was a shorter dude. You know what I mean? He was a shorter dude. So he, he's winging his shots and, like, not all the shots were were touching the chin. You know what I mean? So, I mean, because what happened was Van De Niro, he tried to get him up against the fence straight off. And Hunsucker was able to maneuver out. And, yeah, then he started to throw. Right? Started to throw. But... I think the big thing was, like, neither were really setting things up with the jab and all of that. It was, it, you know what I mean? It was a fast, fastish fight. I mean, it went just over three minutes, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, they were, you know, they were both trying to hit heavy, right? So, um, yeah, Hunsucker, he was... Just winging shots and kind of just mainly going for the head. Um, Vandenir, he hit some body shots, some you know, T kicks, um, and whatnot. He tried for another takedown, he couldn't get that. And Hansucker again, he was he was winging the shots, but then, whoo. Then uh, Van Denier, he got the fight to the ground, right? He got to fight to the ground, and uh, that was kind of it, right? He landed some huge freaking shots, you know, huge, just ground and pound, and um, yeah, it was done. Hunsucker wasn't able to do anything, and I think... That was partly because Van de Niro, he was able to distribute his weight in a way that just controlled everything. You know, it left no avenue for Hunsucker to escape, to move, to do diddly squat. So, yeah, big win for Van de Niro, right? Um, but, yeah. Now it's a waiting game for him. So we then jump to the featherweight division. And we had Alpha Males and Vince Murdoch. Ag- 
against, um, actually, I don't know the gym, really, that, uh, Luis Saldana fights out of, but, um, you know, he was very, very good, right, so, this fight, now, Saldana had the height, and he had the reach advantage, right, so, they were two real big things, and, um, he, you, you knew that this was gonna be something when the fight opens. Saldana throws a, a, a heavy leg kick and nearly takes Murdoch down with it. You know, it's one of those ones where Murdoch stumbles, touches down with one hand, but managed to keep his feet. So you're just like, oh, <laughs> I think we're gonna see some shit here. You know what I mean? And um, we did, <laughs> we definitely did, right, Saldana was just, man, he was working the kicks, and working the kicks extremely well, right, he, he's throwing just inside leg kicks, outside leg kicks, body kicks, you know, he's spinning back kicks, just all manner of kicks he was throwing, right, and um, he was also throwing in some jumping knees, just all of that with shots too, right, but when it came to shots, you know, I mean, he was putting a jab out there and everything like that, and they were fast, but I think you could say that he, he was only throwing out singles, really, in the first part of this fight, you know what I mean, fast single jabs, you know, they, they were doing their thing, or he's throwing a jab or an overhand after a kick, right, so he was putting everything together well, but, you know, you didn't see a volume of shots, now Murdoch, oh man, he, he, you've got to give it up to him, he was always trying, right, always trying to, um, get inside, you know, um, the one interesting thing, though, what Murdoch didn't do, we didn't see him shoot, right, that was interesting, because there were a few moments when, like, he'd backed up Saldana, and you think, oh, he's got the fence behind him, that's perfect time for a shoot, but, yeah, Murdoch never shot, so that was interesting, um, but, yeah, he, he, I mean, Murdoch, he landed one or two, but it was basically the Saldana show here, he just controlled the fight, you know what I mean, controlled the fight, it was so impressive, and the weird thing was, so third round, you know, you, uh, in between, you heard uh, Uriah talking to Murdoch, saying, look, you've got to do something, you've got to finish it in this round, you're down two, you know, and Saldana knew he was up to Third round though Saldana came out With this new urgency Right He um, Yeah he was throwing Multiple jabs You know putting some Combinations together with the hands Right He backed Murdoch up 
And then, yo, he threw a front kick, smack, banging Murdoch's face, followed it up with a one-two, then, boom, another front kick to the face, Murdoch, he goes down, he goes down, and um, to be fair, I kind of feel you probably could have stopped the fight there and then, but Murdoch, Right, followed him down and just unleashed the ground and pound and was laying it on Murdoch. Now, as I said, look, you could have stopped the fight after the first, the second face kick, but right, they're fighting for a contract. So I respect the fact that Murdoch was given opportunity to, um, you know, what I mean, sort things out. But he couldn't. Saldana just continued. And um, yeah, then it was stopped. Saldana looked so freaking impressive because he used his range, you know, used that reach. And we've seen so many people with, you know, that reach advantage who just don't use it. And the two people that you can see that use their reach, right? John Jones and Israel Adesanya. They are the two that clearly jump to mind when you talk about that sort of thing. So, yeah. I mean, from that from that performance, you go, oh, shit, Saldana's getting a contract, son. You know what I mean? So then the next fight is... Um, yeah, next fight is well a welterweight clash. We had Edson Gomez, um, who was six and one, right, going up against Ingesio Bahamadiaz, right, who was ten and three. So you're thinking, okay, these two. Now the the the, the thing was looking at these two, right. Gomez, I mean, he was big. He's a big dude. Um, a stocky dude, right? Um, and he missed weight. Which is always just ah, it's never a good look, man. So, you know, it's meant to be 170, so you can weigh 171. He came in at 174. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. You know, because you're fighting for a contract, right? Um, and so with that, you're I I always want the guy that actually makes weight to um win a fight, right? And especially when it's something like this, because you know you're meant to make weight, right? And um yeah, Bahamadiaz, he actually came in slightly under the weight, right? Which is, um, yeah, a little crazy. But, and he's, he's so tall. He was so tall. So friggin' tall. And rangy. So when you're looking at them, you're thinking, all right, Gomez must have straight up the, the power advantage. And, um, yeah, he's going to be a problem. Right, and it was an interesting fight. 
It was a real interesting fight because Obama Diaz, you know, he as he towered over Gomez, you know, and he he peppered him with shots and everything like that. But unlike Saldana, he didn't utilize the reach. You know what I mean? He there was many times that Gomez was able to get inside, but the thing was. Barmadias, his footwork, his footwork was very slick, so he was able to, you know what I mean, get out of those tight spots, and when Gomez was landing, because Barmadias is moving, he he's taking away the sting, you know, and the strength of the shots, not that Gomez was landing, like, um, you know, what I mean, just loads and loads, but he did connect. So we did see as well that Barmadias's chin, yo, it held up. You know what I mean, it held up, right? Um, and uh, yeah, Barmadias, he he's coming with the leg kicks. He hit some spinning shots. Man, he had a great like it was clear he had the the bigger arsenal of um techniques right and uh, and coming to who i think probably midway through the second round you see gomez was tired gomez was slowing down he was blowing but he he kept on coming forward got to give him that Kept on coming forward Actually, no, I think it was the end of the first round He was getting tired But, yeah So, um, yo Man, it was some crazy shit, this fight, for sure Yo, because I mean, Barmadis had it all And just kept on um, Pouring on the pressure Right? And he you you know we're about halfway through the second round and he uses his jab right he he gets gomez to, on the fence and he uses his jab to frame gomez to frame him up then he unleashes a front kick smashes gomez on the chin gomez just goes out he dr- he's out cold. It was just like, whoa! But it's the fight before, right? Saldana he hit those two um, front kicks that were very good. Uh, the first one stunned Murdoch, and the second one put Murdoch down. But Bahama Diaz's front kick just turned Gomez's lights out. It was. Yeah, man, it was crazy. So you're looking at this fight and you're thinking, ooh, I think Bahamadi has just got himself a contract, son. You know what I mean? That's what it looked like, right? So that took us to our main event, right? Our final fight of the card. And we it was a light heavyweight clash. We had Bruno Oliveira. Who was eight and one going up against 
Carlos Ulberg, right? Who, um, yeah, he's City Kickboxing, right? So he had Brad Riddell and Israel Adesanya in his corner because he, um, you know, he went to fight Ireland and was a training partner for them. So, yo, they return the favour, which is always, you know what I mean? That's a huge thing, especially when you live halfway around the world. So, the fact is that, you know what I mean? You're in the air for so long. You're quarantining, and then you're flying again. So, um, yeah. And the thing is, as well, Allberg only had two fights, right? Two professional fights. Now, he, he... does kickbox he done kickboxing and all of that but MMA not many MMA fights right so um you're thinking oh how is this gonna go well oh my god this fight was probably the most evenly matched fight of all the fights and um, that's not to say the other fights were um, mismatches or anything like that. But within those other fights, you could see that one guy had the advantage, had some sort of advantage, if they could utilise it. In this one, yo, they were both coming. So we get an exchange of heavy friggin' leg kicks, man. Straight, you're thinking, fuck, these motherfuckers ain't gonna be able to walk after this shit, right? So we got the heavy head head kicks, and um, Oliveira, you know, he's pushing forward, right? But Allberg has got great footwork that was seeing him be able to just avoid anything Oliveira was coming with. And um, so we get to a point where Oliveira, he comes forward with a bit of a, uh, I don't even know, right? Because Allberg was against the fence. So to say it was a, a range-finding jab, eh, it's not quite. It was a bit half-assed, though. There were, you know what I mean? He hadn't fully committed to it or anything like that. So Allberg steps to the side and hits a left hook. Man, big left hook, right? He, he Oliver is stunned, clearly stunned. And Allberg then comes with a right that doesn't even have to be a clean shot. And Olivera, he goes down. Goes down, man. It's done. You know, he, he hit the mat and the ref just jumped in. It, it was, you, yo, Oliver was out. He was out. So you're just like, fuck. That's probably a contract, right? And the only doubt that you kind of had was the amount of fights. But then when you factor in his kickboxing background... Yo, he played rugby league. So, you know, athletically, he's in shape. But then, he's at City Kickboxing. He's training with um, Kaya France, with Riddle, 
with bloody Adesanya, with Volkanov, you know, the amount of cats in that gym, so you know that he is getting so much experience, so you're like, hmm, what's gonna happen, and, um, yo, every motherfucker got a contract, everyone got a contract, right, and as I said, look, you wondered about Jared Vandenera, right, because it, like, the ending was impressive, before that, it was a little, you know, shaky, just because, you know, Hunsucker really swung forward, but it's heavyweight division, right, and um, as Daniel said, they kind of need bodies, you know, and the heavyweight division, it is definitely more impressive than what it currently was, Right, we've definitely got some people, new blood in there, but you know, you yeah, it's not a deep division like the lightweight or the featherweight or bantamweight, even you know, what I mean, so it made sense. Then, um, you know, as I said, look, Louis Sal- Saladana, yeah, he, yeah. That was such an impressive performance. You knew he was getting a contract. And the same with Ingacio Bahamadias. You kind of felt, yeah, he's getting a contract. And as I said, with um, Carlos Ulberg, not many pro fights, but the, the, the quality of the win and the camp he's in, yeah, it makes sense, right? So um, all, all four fights... All four finishes. It was a fun friggin' night. And we had, um, you know, John Anik fill in for uh, Brian Fitzpatrick. Right? So we had Bisbing and Anik. And that, that was great. You know what I mean? So, yeah. An awesome night. Next week, we are back to Tuesdays. So, uh, yeah. We'll uh, be talking about this in a Wednesday's episode of Chin Check, people. But, uh, yeah, great time. Ah, looking forward to the next one. So, David Feldman, right, the CEO of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships, he has just come out and done some interviews, and in that, he has announced that Friday, the 5th of February, will be the debut of Paige Van Sant, and yeah, it's, it's a little baffling, right, like, all the press he's done on this, it's not the best, right? Hasn't done the best job for his organisation. It's a bit weird, right? So, Paige got COVID, which, you know, I think supposedly at the time it pushed back her debut, right? But if we remember correctly, her husband, Austin Vanderfelt, he got COVID at the same time. Like, she even was like, oh, he gave me COVID. 
which were some weird pieces that she put out that really made it sound like he deliberately, you know what I mean? It was a bit odd, right? But, yeah, that happened. Now, if I'm wrong, I believe he fought for Bellator on Thursday. So, he got it, and he's fighting again. Now, she must be clear, because... You know, otherwise he'd not be fighting. He'd still be ill. You know what I mean? Because they live together. They're married. They live together, right? So if he can fight, then surely you'd think, all right, well, she should be good to go. And remember, after, well, leading up to her fight with Amanda Rebass on Fight Island, she was all about wanting to fight a lot this year and she wants to get back into it and all of this kind of stuff. So, yeah, you're not, right? Like, what happened to all of that talk that you wanted to be mad active and you wanted to fight and all of this? And remember, it's boxing. So, <laughs> you read. Part of MMA is boxing. It's not like she wouldn't have boxed before. We've seen her box, right? We've seen her do that at open workouts. So it's a little bit baffling. You're in all this, oh, she's she's training real hard for this fight. And it'd be like, yeah, but... It's not different training. She doesn't have to learn new skills here. What's going on? You know what I mean? It's, it's a weird, weird situation. Like Feldman, he's talking that, you know, they, they put the fight just before the Super Bowl because there's going to be so much press and that will bring attention to the fight. And, you know, they need that and all of this. And it's just like, yo, 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 yo. I thought the whole point of you signing people like Van Sant was to bring attention to your sport, right? To bring attention to the organization. So if that's not enough, you know what I mean? If that's not, like, what are you doing? Now, listen, I understand that a something like a Super Bowl could be good, but it shouldn't be the the driving force for for your promote. Like that's insane, yo! It's weird as fuck. Now he's also been saying that she will be, you know, one of the marquee fights. Well, of course, with the money they spent on her, they're always gonna put her at the top of a card. You know, but the weird thing is, I remember when they signed her, they're like, oh, they're going to, you know, ease her in. So, like, who, you know, if she's going to be the main or co-main event, you need a decent opponent. And it, it always seemed a bit baffling why you wouldn't give her a good opponent. You know, give her Beck Rollings. You know, Beck's the champion. Like, you've just brought in this report, like, as they said, a, a top fighter. So, 
give her that shot. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, the only reason you wouldn't is if you think that she can't beat Rawlings. Or just has no shot. Right? It is it's very Yeah, the organization they they make these they're making these weird moves. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. I I thought one of the funniest pieces of his um you know promotion and stuff is that they're they're doing a um you know a promo like special series to promote Paige Van Sant. And he's like, yeah, we're going to call it Paige Van Sant, ungloved. It's basically <laughs> UFC uncovered, UFC embedded, right? It's what we've seen. It's nothing new, man. I mean, like, listen, I ain't got a problem with them doing this shit. But don't act like you've created something brand new. Because it's not. <laughs> ah, it, it isn't. It, it's very weird. Like, this whole thing is very weird. Ah, man, hopefully it pays off for them. You know what I mean? There's... It is, like... I don't know really... I mean, bare knuckle... It's not the best. Right? I, I think... You're you're gonna have people getting just fucked up from it, right? But if it is giving people a different avenue, you know what I mean? Then I ain't got a problem in it, you know, with that regard. So yeah, I don't want it to be a shit event. I'm hoping it does well, you know, because I I think. Yo, Beck's a champion, so I want her to be able to do well too. So yeah, I don't know. We'll 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 see what happens on the fifth of February, right? Hmm. Okay, so in a move that was a little surprising to see, but in in retrospect, it's not a surprise that it's happening. Right, I find out today. Whoo, Canelo Alvarez. Hey, he's no longer with Golden Boy or Dazan, which, yo, that's pretty fucking huge, right? That's some crazy ass news. So, um, his manager, Eddie Reynoso. He put out a statement and um, that said, in my role as manager and coach of Sol Canelo Alvarez, I allow myself to communicate to the boxing community and to all our fans that starting today, November the 6th, Canelo becomes a free agent. So we are ready to continue his boxing career. All this time we have been working very hard in the gym with a lot of responsibility and discipline to be in great physical shape and ready to fight this year and it will be. We will announce date, rival and place 
very soon. And we will return stronger than ever to keep growing and showing that Mexican boxing is the best. Now, for, I don't know, the last couple of years, right? There has been a, ooh, a friction, right, between Alvarez and De La Hoya. Here. And it's funny because this is a It's something that you have seen through um, a, a few other boxers Right, who aren't happy with the way that Golden Boy go about their business And um, yeah, it, it, it's been a big thing with Canelo And especially because, right just remember in 2018 he signed a a huge deal with the you know because he was under um golden boy they signed a big deal right it was 11 fights 11 fights 365 million and i think that was like at that time the Biggest friggin contract like that, you know, and because I think we'd seen a few people sign exclusive contracts, you know, I think like Wilder, I think Wilder signed one, and Joshua signed one, and so we'd seen people signing all these contracts, and Alvarez signed that huge ass contract, right? So eleven fights, signed it October twenty eighteen, but. In that time, he has had three fights. Three fights. Which is crazy. Crazy. You know what I mean? Like, a, a boxer like Alvarez, he could at least fight at least three times a year. If not, maybe four. Right? You just think... You know, and if a fight ends quick, you could fight even more, right? But there was never that thing. And whenever you'd hear, like, someone calling out Alvarez, like, you, you'd see Oscar be like, um, no, 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 then, no, we, we can't, not that person. And there'd always be some sort of weird reason why. And that's the big, one of the biggest complaints about boxing, Right. We never see the big stars fight each other. And it's in part because of deals like this, right? You know, weird deals like this with, you know, platforms and networks, real bad representation, you know, where like, you know, Golden Boy from, I believe it's Danny Garcia. I believe, I might be wrong, right, that they manage, uh, no, I was, Garcia is right, it is Ryan, not Danny, Ryan Garcia, right, and, um, yeah, they sabotaged, like, a lot of his kind of fights, which was weird, you know, there's times he was meant to fight people, and they never got in touch with the person, or, and it's so weird, 
right, some of the bullshit that happens, so, yeah, after hearing all of that stuff, you'd think, hmm, but I kind of felt that, yo, they would try and fix this shit, you know what I mean, they would try and fix it, because, like, boxing is so weird, that if you lose a fighter like Alvarez, he's going to go somewhere else, which then could mean your fighters are out of championship fights for those belts for a good-ass while, right? It is so weird like that. But um, no, they did not. <laughs> so, yeah, Alvarez... He's uh, free to fight somewhere else, you know, and I think he's very big on um, getting it done, something done this year, because, you know, he last fall, uh, November last year, so, um, yeah, he wants a fight, and can't blame him, right, can't blame him at all, so, uh, yeah, we will... Um, Wait to see what the hell happens for uh, Canelo. Okay, so we have found out some more information on the upcoming Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight. Alright, so we already knew it was taking place on the 28th of November, right, and we also knew it was happening in California, you know what I mean, these are, these are things that we knew, you know what I mean, but it has come out, Ooh, some crazy shit has come out, well, firstly, the WBC have created a belt. They've created a belt for the fight. And I don't know. Like, it's not clear if this is going to be an ongoing championship. Or, you know, this is just a one-off. Right? But they have... Um, yeah... The Frontline Battle Belt. Which, I don't know what that means. Like, what the fuck does that mean? It's it's a little weird. Ain't gonna lie, people. It's a little fucking weird, you know what I mean? Ugh. It, and, <laughs> Errol Horani, he, um... Yeah, he put out a tweet with a picture of the belt on it. And it is odd. It's an odd situation here, right? So, in theory, they're using the traditional kind of style, right? So, it would look like most belts. But there are additions, so you've got the main plate, right? Um, either side of that, you've got three smaller little tags. Now, the two 
very opposite ones have a picture of Tyson and Roy Jones, right? So then, the next to um, Jones, we've got a tag that will say Tyson v. Jones. And then you've got the WBC with its logo. Uh, on the opposite side, we've got a picture of Tyson. Then, you have one that has Black Lives Matter and the fist. So, you have that. And then beside that is another WBC logo. And the center, the big one, right? In the middle of the belt. So, you've got WBC. Underneath it says Tyson V. Jones. Above it, we've got the WC logo. And then above that, it says Black Lives Matter. Doesn't say frontline battle, says Black Lives Matter. And you kind of go, what the fuck are you doing, WVC? What are you doing? This is ridiculous. Because, hey, let's be clear. If you cared, this fight wouldn't be happening. Right? Really, if you honestly care, this fight wouldn't be happening. And don't get me wrong. I'm not against the fight. Right? I'm not against the fight. But if you think about everything involved. Right? So, no one really did anything about Don King just ripping off Tyson. You know? No one really does anything for the corruption in boxing, hearing, so if boxing was a fair sport, just a fair sport, and I'm not saying people should be making this amount or that, I'm just saying it should be a fair sport, right, without all the bullshit politics, because the you know the the WBC the WBA and you know the WBO and they the champions can't fight unless blah blah happens and you know what I mean just all of that nonsense. So there's all of that, but you have Tyson who's fifty four, Jones who's fifty one. If you cared about lives, you wouldn't. They would not be fighting. Not at that age. Now, they are, you know what I mean? They look in great shape. I have no issue with that. But, whew, you know what I mean? Like fists hitting heads. It's it's always going to cause some sort of damage. And when you're younger, you'd be like, all right, that that's going to mitigate it to some extent. But what happens... When, uh, yeah, you get to this point. So there is all of that. And then just also the fact that what the fuck does Black Lives Matter have to do with a championship belt? It is pandering. It is a straight up BS. It's ridiculous. It's straight fucking ridiculous.
So shame on the WBC. But now the uh you know the commission boss in California is Andy Foster, right? He's the executive director over there. And he had some gosh, he had some interesting things to say about the fight that really Oh, I don't know. I think it kind of hurts. It hurts the promotion if a lot of people have seen what he said. Because, um, okay, so this is what he said, right? That I wanted to have their assurance that they understood, they understand. I don't care if they spar. I don't care if they work. They are world-class athletes even still. They have a right to earn and all these types of things. They're about the same age. We can't mislead the public as to this is some kind of real fight. They can get into a little bit, but I don't want people to get hurt. They know the deal. It's an exhibition. They can exhibit their boxing skills, but I don't want them using their best efforts to hurt each other. They're going to spar hard, but they shouldn't be going to going for a knockout. This isn't a record book type of fight. This is not world championship boxing right now. It's not what this is. People shouldn't be getting knocked out. The public can see what kind of shape Roy and Mike are still in. Yeah. And he also has said that if either get cut, the fight is stopped. Which, hurry. You know what I mean? You think where they are, right? The amount of fights they have had, there's bound to be scar tissue. You know what I mean? So, a, a cut can open up with just the simplest of things. Like, if a seam goes against the skin in a certain way. You know what I mean? So, that's a... I don't know, that's a good... It's a big thing to say, right? It's a big frigging thing to say. You know, that that's what's going to happen. And it possibly could put people off with uh, picking up the fight. You know, I, I can't remember if it's been announced... How much the fight is going to cost. But. Yeah. I don't know. How much would you pay. Knowing that this could be stopped. On a cut. Now remember. A cut is very different to. Someone being hurt. Because you can get cut without. Being stunned. Rocked. Or anything. You know, They could just. A jab could essentially cut someone. And then the fight is done? That would be so anticlimactic. You're in just so... Whew, man, that would piss a whole ton of people off. It'd be insane. It would really be insane for that shit to happen. 
Um, the other thing that they did say was that they're having three past champions score the fight and um, it's open scoring. You know what I mean? So after each round, they're going to announce the scores and all of that. They didn't say which past champions would be doing the scoring, though. You know, they didn't, um, yes, state that, which, yeah, I don't know why. You know, it's a little odd why they wouldn't. But, uh, yeah, that seems to be the deal. Ah, very, it's very strange times. Now, um, not everyone is happy about a new belt being added to the mix. So Floyd Mayweather, he he recently spoke about it. You know, he spoke about his just concerns, right, about the situation, which, I mean, come on, they, they make sense. It, it's not like he's saying something, you know, detrimental, right? He, like he said, um, this is not good for the sport of boxing. Now, when a fighter fights, every fighter is a champion. And I think that is the thing, because even under one weight class and one organization, like, you might have the WBC, like, let's say the WBC championship belt, right? But then you might have the WBC Mexican championship belt, the junior championship belt, the, like, just... Name it and there's one Which then you go Wait, so who's the champion Of that weight class For the WBC Oh no How can you have Multiple champions Under one belt For a weight class Like you don't see The UFC or Bellator Having Multiple heavyweight champions say Right, there is one Just one And Yeah, that's the issue with boxing There is just way too many champions Because, listen Fine, if you wanted to add All those belts, fine You do that But It should then be a thing That those champions Fight you know what I mean? You can't then put up hurdles to stop them from meeting. You know what I mean? Like, if you've got that many champions, you then put in place a way that you can see who's the ultimate. And they don't do that. Right? So, this frontline belt, what is it? What does it do? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone has actually said. No one's actually specified. So it all becomes a little bit odd. The other thing that makes me laugh, though, is... um, Okay, so in the press release, it says that a portion of the profits will go to um, WBC... President's um, 
Maurice Sub... I don't know. No, not Maurice. Maybe his father, but um, it's Jose Solomon's Boxers Fund. Right, but I... What's always interesting is that, you know what I mean, because when this shit always happens, it's like, we're, we're going to donate a portion of, but why not just say? Yeah, you can say, like, a portion of could be anything, right? One percent, half a percent, like, it could literally be anything. So they, and they, they can just come out and say, we will give, you know, 25% of the profits to this But when people don't actually want to quantify something Hmm It does make you wonder, right? It really does But, uh, yeah, people Hmm Do you pay for this? Or not, who knows, right? I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens It's all we can do, man It's all we can do I have to say, it always baffles me, right? When someone leaves, like the UFC or just anywhere If they've left, right? There is usually a reason and it usually means they haven't really got an overwhelming heap of great things to say about the past promotion. Even if what they say isn't really true, right? They're just not gonna say good things. So, why ask them the questions? What's the point? You know what I mean? It, it, it's kind of baffling. And then when they respond, why not challenge them on those points? You know, it's the thing that bugs me just about, like, MMA media. It's weird. You know, you get people... It's like all people want are sound bites. They don't want actual, real content. It's if someone will say some stuff that isn't really true, they'll take it rather than, you know, go, um, that's not quite true, though, really, is it? Or wait, wouldn't you say that was down to you? You know, which in theory gives a more compelling piece. But yeah, that's just what happens, man. Um, so, yeah, Anderson, he was getting ready for his Bellator debut. So he's, people, they're asking him questions, you know, um, and like one of them is about Adesanya getting a title fight, and uh, like he's like, oh, it makes no sense, and <clears throat> all of this. Now you have to look at the situation, and it does kind of make us. It it definitely makes sense giving Adesanya the shot because he's been talking about making that move. Right, and when you look at the middleweight division, there are people he could fight for sure, but one of those people is Robert Whitaker, and 
we've seen that fight. It wasn't a close fight. So, you know what I mean? To to have him move up for a fight, eh, it's just like, yeah, that's fine. Now, I think the big question is, when will that fight be? Right? And listen, yes, we have Glover and Tiago fighting on the Saturday. And that's a good fight. It's a big fight. And if you were to say the winner gets the title shot, I have no issue with that. But also remember, Santos, he's been out a year. Right? He's been out a year. So this is his first fight back. So to think maybe two, like two fights, right? To go, yes, you definitely get a title. Like, that's fair. And Glover, hey, we've seen Glover on a nice streak. But again, when you think of the people he's fought, He's fought some good, and don't get me wrong, he's fought some real good people. So if he were to get a title shot off a win on Saturday, I have no issue with that. But also, you think, okay, he's fought some tough opponents for sure. But how many of those people would you go, all right, they're, they're, they should get a title shot? You know what I mean? They're like the amount of people in actual contention... Yeah, so if you were to say, all right, this fight and another fight, that's still not a bad thing, right? He's saying that, oh, he had to fight Blokovic, and him losing that fight, he lost his title shot. But here's the thing. You are kind of talking like you're the best. If you're the best... You don't care about that fight against Blakovic. You win that fight against Blakovic. And when we saw that fight, it was Anderson's recklessness that got him knocked out. And it was the thing that he has spoken about in the past. Like there's times he loses focus and he loses fights. Right? We saw it against OSP. We've seen it in the past happen. And that's what happened, right? He talks about when he first started fighting, right? He's, um, his coach said, you don't go out there to win lacklusterly. You know what I mean? You don't go out there to win by one point. You go out there to, you don't go out there to coast through. You go out to dominate. You impose your will on a man. And he's like, oh, when you do that in the UFC, you get, you know what I mean? People boo you and that discriminates against you. Ah, here's the thing though, it doesn't. It doesn't because, like, Khabib fought that way. There is a difference between taking someone down, holding them down, and not doing anything to taking someone down and just pummeling them while constantly looking to improve your position. During there is a big difference. So you can't say 
the oh if I take someone down and I use my wrestling people look at that and say that I'm being boring and it's just like all right are you looking to improve your position are you constantly just imposing your will like coming with real ground and pound because there's ground and pound and there's those pitter patter shots you know what I mean so that's where I'd expect a proper journalist to go and ask the questions of Anderson and that's not what happens it's not what happens, right? There are clear and present things that you can say, but no one wants to say them because they want these sound bites. It's real bad form, man. It really is. But um, yeah, I just find it weird. Like, what's the point? What was the point in talking to Anderson about any of this shit? Because you know. He's got beef. He asked for his release because he, you know, felt he wasn't getting paid enough and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just bad form, man. Real bad form. So, Diego Sanchez. Man, it's it's hard to really know what's going on with my man. You know what I mean? He's he's acting kind of odd of late, right? And I just I don't think his current situation is helping him. You know, he definitely seemed more grounded when he was at Jackson's. Yeah, I, I think that yeah, that was just, it did more for him than he realises, you know, because he hit Twitter the other night, and um, yeah, he was calling out a whole heap of people, right, a whole heap of people, and um, yeah, it's hard to kind of get it. Right, so he he gave a shout to Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone, Damian Meyer, and the odd one, the real odd one, is uh, Dan Hardy. But like everything he said was just it was weird, right? So he tweeted, "What I know will break the internet." The notorious MMA let's go. Which is like, wait, what? Then he um he wrote Maya and the shrug sign. And he also wrote Cowboy Salami I'm in. Which is like wait, what is what is happening, man? What the hell is happening? You know, it, it, it's just weird. Uh, I don't know. It, it baffles me. And 
he then, like, his comment about Dan Hardy, that was just odd. He because he wrote several, right? He went, if Dan Hardy MMA wants his combat death to be by me, come on, Dan, just ask. I'll give you the warrior's death you deserve. And um, shortly after that, well, four minutes after that, he wrote, Dan, if you really want it, come get it. My reptile eats your weak ass serpent. Which, hmm, okay. Like, what the fuck are you saying, man? Now, Hardy, he responded. Like, um, obviously, Hardy also responded at a reasonable time. Because, you know, Sanchez, his tweets were at 4.30 in the morning, right? So, Hardy gets back to him um, at 10, you know what I mean, 10 a.m. And he says, you're a funny guy, Diego Sanchez. I can't help but feel bad laughing at you, though. When it's clear that you need a serious psychological evaluation, was calling me out your own idea? Or did you get help from that mystical yoga teacher guy that you keep in your pocket? Which, hey, that is funny. Because this is the thing. You do wonder, right, who put Diego up to all of this? Because he's never asked for those fights in the past. It's a weird one. And Dan Hardy? The Hardy one is real weird because he hasn't fought. Dan Hardy hasn't fought, you know, since 2012. He's been out for that long. Because he had the um, the dragon's heart, the medical condition, you know what I mean? Um, no, it was it wolf's heart. I think it's wolf's heart, right? So he had the medical condition that meant he had to retire. So he retired, but, you know what I mean? It, because it wasn't, he just retired on his own terms. He has moldy prospect of coming back for a fight, right? But he's never, um, like, re- he hasn't kind of gone... Okay, yeah, it's definitely happening, or I've spoken to UFC about opponents. He's just mulling the idea of it. So to call him out, it's very fucking weird. You know, it's so weird. And I can only imagine, right, because we saw it when he, he you know, he's trainer when at Matt Sarah, right, he gets butt hurt mad quick, and I just imagine that maybe Hardy said something on a broadcast or something, and his coach is like, you should fuck up that Dan Hardy, you ain't go get Dan Hardy for me, because, yeah, 
it, it's just a call out that makes no sense. So, uh, you know, I don't know what's happening with Diego. In all honesty, I don't think Diego should fight. I, I think we have definitely seen a very diminished, you know, outcome in his most recent fights. He, he's not the same fighter. And him going against certain people, he's just going to get hurt. Right, he, because he's tough. He's still tough. Right, so he's still not gonna just give up. But that's even worse because he could potentially just get battered. And I, we don't need to see it. You know what I mean? We really don't. So I don't know. You you wanna kind of think. He he will retire. I don't, I don't think he will on his own accord. I think it would just have to be Dana to be like, I'm not booking any more fights for you. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. And, um, yeah. I hope he stops with this weird call-out bullshit. You know what I mean? I don't know. Fuck it. We will see, people. We will see. Okay, people, so the weigh-ins are now done for UFC on ESPN Plus 40. And, um, yeah, every fighter made weight, which, you know what I mean? That is always the news that you want to hear. So our main event, Tiago Santos, the Global Texture, both fighters came in. At 205 and a half pounds, which is always a good look. So, um, yeah, I think there's nothing glaring, really. I think the interesting things here are um, probably the co-main event. Andre Oloski, he's 244 and a half. And Tana Boza. He's continuing to stay mad light. He's 232 and a half. So, um, yeah, Boza, he's, yeah, he's just there to utilize that speed. You know what I mean? And just fuck people up. <laughs> now, on the flip side, the other heavyweight bout on the card, that isn't, <laughs> that isn't light. So, Marcus Ruggiero de Lima, he's coming in at 258. And Alexander Romanov, he's coming at 260. So, uh, yeah, we are definitely still going to need that reinforced octagon on Saturday night. Um, hey, even the late replacement additions to the card, you know, Chica Gadezi against Jamie Simmons. They both came in fine. Chigazi's 145. And Simmons, 146. So, uh, yeah, everything is gravy, people. It's all set and looking forward to the action. Now, hopefully, a hey, no craziness occurs between now and then. So, uh, yeah, roll on Saturday, people. Roll on Saturday.
Okay, people. So, we are close to the end of another episode. But, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of fights. So, next week, the 14th of November, Lavina Souza has had to pull out of her fight with Kanako Morata. But in step Randa Marcos. So, yo, we are still gonna get a good fight. And, um, you know, Marcus, she wants to, um, you know what I mean, put in a good performance after her recent loss to Mackenzie Dern. So, also, yo, this people, this is, this is an interesting one, right? So, on the 21st of November, right, which is UFC 255, and remember, that is, um, that's all about the flyweights, we got two flyweight belts on the line, Davison Figueroa and Alex Perez, and Valentina Shevchenko, Jennifer Meyer, but this card will also be known for the brothers, Haha, <laughs> yes. So, already we have Orin Cozy against Nicholas Dalby on the card. But, uh, yeah, he's a uh, bro, is joining him. So, Lewis Cozy, he is now on the card fighting Sasha Palatinkov. So, um, hey, that's gonna be fun. Right, I no word on where um you know cozy two will fit into the card, so um yeah we will see. So um yo Kevin Holland was um yeah saying he is ready for more fights, and it looks like he's just about to get it. He also was like, hey. Give me someone, you know what I mean? Higher in the rankings, and um, yeah, he is getting that as well. So, on the 5th of December, right, Darren Till was fighting Jack Hamanson. Well, Till has had to pull out of the fight, so in step Kevin Holland, which a means. He, um, he gets to fight, he gets a top opponent, he also gets a main event, alright, so, yo, Kevin Holland, hey, he's making 2020 his year, so, um, hey, that's big, now, also, we are gonna get the following week on the 12th of December, Carl Roberson against Dolce Lomabula. You know what I mean? So that's taking place at UFC 256, which, um, that's an interesting one, man. You know what I mean? We haven't seen, um, you know, Dalambula for a while. It, yeah, it's been a real. I don't know if it was injury or during you know, anything like that, but yeah, he's been absent. 
So, um, yeah, we we get an interesting fight. So, um, yeah, that is UFC 256. This one is headlined by another couple of title fights Amanda Nunes against Megan Anderson and then Peter Yan against Al Jermaine Sterling which yo I am definitely all about seeing Sterling become the bantamweight champion man you know I mean? and this is a fun card so uh, yeah that will be a fun fight to add to it you know what I mean? But, um, people, that is it. We are, uh, we're done. We will be back on Monday to recap everything that goes down on Saturday night. So, um, we will speak to you then, people. Enjoy the fighting. Have a good weekend. And, uh, yeah. Peace.